0: Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So, it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Hey guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Daphne. And I'm Ilaria. And today, we are joined by Dr. Kate Bieberdorf. She's also known as Kate the Chemist by her fans, legions of them who love to watch her, as she said wear designer heels and blow shit up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just I'm all about people making science super fun. I have children who are obsessed with science. And she is also the author of a couple books all about amazing science experiments you can do with kids. Um, And she also has a new one that we're going to have a little sneak peek of here on the episode of experiments you can do with kids to get them excited about chemistry that they can
1: actually eat. That is coming Mm. soon, which I'm pumped about. Listen to this because you, I know we're all running out of quarantine activities. And this is like, I feel like this shouldn't just be called Kate the Chemist, the big book of Experiments should be kate the chemist the big books of this is what we're going to be doing for the rest of a quarantine activity so yes. how about that it doesn't have quite have the same ring to it though mm. a little, mm. little harder off the top little little, <laughs> yeah. little 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 long but anyway listen up you and your kids are going to have so much fun with all of her ideas mom boy
2: My name is Dr. Kate Bieberdorf, but you may know me as Kate the Chemist. I am a chemistry professor, a science entertainer, and the author of the best-selling book, The Big Book of Experiments. And where can we follow you? You can follow me on Instagram. And I just launched TikTok like yesterday, um, at Kate the Chemist. And on Twitter, it's Kate with the number
1: eight. Talk to us about your passion about, about science, your background. Just give us a little quick uh, overview.
2: Yeah, I'm from Michigan originally, so my O's come out when I get really excited, but I've been in Texas <laughs> for the last 12 years, so I have this kind of odd y'all, accent. You yeah, did it's, y'all, you say y'all. Y'all, I'll say it, it'll come out. Um, but I, so I live in Texas now. I am a chemistry professor of instruction here, so I teach general chemistry at the University of Texas, Pokem um, for about 1,000 students every semester. So I had 900 students this semester, um, wow. which was, it was different. It was so different because it was on webcam, and so I'm trying to teach... Thermodynamics and quantum mechanics through a webcam and at 8 a.m. Like it's just a big ask for these students. Um, but that's kind of my day job. And at night or in just for fun, I have this kind of character, Kate, the chemist, and I go around the U S and I blow stuff up for kids and try to get them excited about science and have them fall in love with chemistry specifically. And I just have a lot of fun with it. And I've written several children's books for it. And I just, I'm, I'm really loving it. The pandemics put a kind of a crunch in that cause we
1: can't right. travel, but I'm missing blowing things up. I'm really missing <laughs> that. <laughs>
2: but <laughs> well,
1: you can still blow things up and record it and then you know I mean join the and join become the, huge
0: on YouTube it's yeah, like you know a, a thing star.
1: yes and no because in Texas
2: uh, fireworks are illegal so oh, even uh, though I have a pyrotechnic uh, license like you have to be really careful about the laws so I can like do certain explosions as long as they're not
1: fireworks. But
2: my neighbors that seems don't seems odd the difference.
1: to me. <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah, they're calling, they're calling, calling the cops all the time. They're, saying, they're like, like, oh, that's her. Another explosion. boom. <laughs> there's,
2: our, there's
0: our pyro next door. I do feel like Texas would be a place I would think I could go and have fun, <laughs> fun with pyro like that. With, that's strange to me? That Absolutely. that it's that it's outlawed. I'm,
2: a, I'm in Austin, and so I'm in the city, and that's, that's part of yeah. it for sure. If I drove a little bit out into the yeah into the woods a bit and some open area,
0: I have to say when I was growing up, like I definitely grew up pretty nerdy. I really liked science. I think I. Was lucky to have a couple teachers early on who made me feel like I was good at it and um, got me excited about the things that I didn't understand and were really good at communicating that to me. And I do think that Bill Nye, the science guy, was a thing and I definitely liked him. He's still a thing. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. I know he's come back in like a huge way. Bill Nye, um, a boomerang man. But I do think <laughs> that, A, like I hope that that is. A role that, you know, you have the capacity to fill to really get young kids, especially before they get jaded about science being complicated or esoteric or or just too much work to get really excited about why it's important and what it means and how applicable it is across such a wide range of modern living. But also, um, you know, to do it in a really approachable, accessible way. So like you are you you seem to have made that transition more into a, a public setting not just in your you know your professor capacity but in in a public setting you know on on tv etc um talking about science how did you make that leap how has that been challenging for you to communicate about science in a really like layman's terms kind of way what have been what's been your takeaway from that experience
2: Oh, man. Great question. Well, I was very fortunate. So my I, my very first year teaching here at, at the university, one of my colleagues reached out to me because b- right away, I was I already known for the girl in designer heels who likes to blow stuff up. Like that word gets out. <laughs> um, and so one of Low my key. colleagues, yeah, right? Like, I mean, it's just kind of a little strange, but which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm just putting that out there. Like, that's who I am. And that's that's okay. Um, but anyway, so he reached out to me and he was like, hey, I'm going to be on We Are Austin, which is like our local, you know, our local show. And he said he was promoting the science lecture and he was wondering if I could do an experiment to make it jazzy, make it more exciting and get people to come out there. And so I went with him. I helped him do the experiment. I wasn't even mic'd up. Like I just kind of handed him stuff. And at the end of the experiment, the manager for CBS Austin came out and asked if we could do more experiments for Halloween and Thanksgiving. And I just launched myself at that opportunity. I literally pushed him out of the way. He's like a 10 year old professor and I pushed him out of the way because I just like, I felt that I knew this was something I could do. And so I just ran up to her and I did the Halloween special, then Thanksgiving, and then Christmas, and one after another. And I was just really fortunate to jump in in the middle of where there's a holiday every month. And so for four years, I was on local TV, just practicing my craft and working on science communication. Because unlike in my college classes, like the students have to be there. They have to listen to me for 75 minutes. But if I'm on local news, y'all know if I'm boring, you're going to change the channel immediately. And so I had to figure out how to keep someone who might not be a scientist, who might just be like at the dentist's office office, keep them engaged. And I'm very fortunate that the, the We Are Austin crew let me come back year after year. And then um, I actually just got like a call from L.A. And this one guy who used to work with Bill Nye was like, hey, we're kind of looking for someone new and fresh. Are you interested? Would you consider it? I was like, hell yeah. And I jumped in the opportunity. <laughs> and, um, one thing led another. We did Wendy Williams and then I did Colbert. And it's just like everything exploded from there. And I've just been having the time Literally. of my life. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) so as as a parent my five-year-old my son is literally obsessed with like I I think it's how he deals with fear around these things like he learned about volcanoes and then to deal with fear of the idea that a volcano would explode somewhere near him he started to learn everything he could about like how volcanoes function and then you know that that happened with space and it's happened with magma and it's happened with like all kinds (laughs) of things because he has a brain that like immediately extrapolates to all the ways these the like if this happens in this isolated circumstance well here's all the way it happens in every other circumstance so um which is uh, thrilling and wild at the same time but he he saw this video where um people put alka-seltzer tablets in a so you put you combine uh like you know vegetable oil and red yeah. food dye and water, and then you drop an alka-seltzer ta- tablet, and it creates what is essentially a lava lamp a lava in a very lamp. you know minimal setting. And you know you have this great new book out. It's we tell, it's Kate the Chemist's Big Book of Experiments. Is that correct? That's correct. Which I cannot wait to buy because my I'm, oh, and at the you. same time I'm kind of like maybe I shouldn't buy it because I'll be stuck in my house making kids <laughs> science experiments with my you son will. for the rest you of will. my <laughs> life. I'm sorry,
2: <laughs> but you'll like it. I, but I love it mom. I kept moms in mind with this. I was trying to think about things that they would want to know. So I have a messiness level icon right at the very top, like heads up moms, you're going to want to be outside. And so it's just a little thing, but moms are looking for it. So I put that in there. Um, And then there's other things like I do an experiment with sand and I almost ruined my garbage disposal because I was stupidly just washing it. So I put up like a heads up, don't put your sand on your garbage disposal. So things like that. I was thinking about the moms while putting it together, but I'll be honest, I have been building this book for years because moms reach out to me and they're like, Hey, I've got my kids at home. What am I going to do with them? Like, I want to keep the fun, the learning learning over the, you know, it's usually over the holiday break, but now, unfortunately, we've all been at home moms and teachers for last six months. Right. Right. So it was kind of serendipitous that this, that the book was published right around that time, right in May. And then all these experiments and all these kids are able to go out and do these experiments, including the lava lamp. I have that in there. Um, Yeah. I love that experiment. It's so much fun. So heads up, I can tell you how to make that even more fun. So This is a messy one, so go outside. But you can open a highlighter and take the inside of the highlighter part, squeeze that ink into Mm. your lava lamp instead of food coloring. Don't use food coloring. And then take like a little black light or a little UV lamp, which you can get off anywhere of like a craft store or anything, like get it prime delivered and just shine it on there. And it's going to glow because the highlighter has a molecule in there that's fluorescent. So basically what it does is it absorbs high energy light, like UV light from the sun. And then it releases it in lower energy light, which we can actually see with our Eyes visible light. So that's kind of like black light stuff. And so it glows. And like a, if you've ever been to a highlighter party, it's the same thing, but just with science for kids. Wait, <laughs> sorry highlighter to... oh, Wait, did what, you highlighter party.
1: Highlighter <laughs> party. No, I was a nerd. I was a nerd. I didn't go to one party in college. I know, but I was like a, i was like the nerd that had no friends. Oh.
0: We gotta, okay. well, gotta gotta get to get you do a good foam party. <laughs> it,
1: yeah. If you just t- you use
2: highlighter on a white t-shirt and then the black light glows and so it's just kind of like what? you have like oh, glowing it's like glow messages in the dark on your shirt. shirt. Yeah. It's, oh, it's okay. just fun.
0: Cheap. You're doing this in a dark like a dark space that you set up with a black light but you has to be clean It doesn't
2: need to be that dark honestly oh. like it'll glow you'll just by turning your lights off even with the ambient light coming in from through your windows no like it would way. be total you'd still be able to see it oh yeah but like oh, go in your insightful. bathroom and just turn your light off and it'd be fine oh i can't wait once, to once you the recommend in a shower in, you're good <laughs> yeah totally okay, okay. it's okay. just the highlighter going in that's the part that like kids just it goes everywhere and it gets Got on it. their hands so i would recommend you do it because once it's on their hands you know kids it's going okay. on your yes. walls going on your
1: white couch what do you think it is about, I mean, science is really cool. Science is, can be really explosive. Why is it the math and the science? People are like, uh, uh, uh I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And it's really hard to get kids um to be excited about it. What do you think it is just about them? What do you think about it is about the way that it's being taught and what can we do to, to make our kids excited about science?
2: I actually partnered with 3M recently and they do this thing every year. It's a state of science survey index and they pull people and they pull um, like thousands of people in countries across the entire planet. And so what they've noticed is that something like one out of three people in their lives have been discouraged to go into STEM. Just in their lives have been discouraged. And then when they started diving into it, looking at like, what are the differences? Like, why do you think it is? In the United States, it was 50% of us. Okay, 50% of our population were discouraged because of sex, gender, and race. Those were our mm. three main pieces. But everywhere else in the planet, it was because they didn't have access to STEM. United States was the one country that stood out because of that. And it was race, gender, and ethnicity. So those are the three main things. And it says somehow, somewhere in your life, if you are not dependent typical stereotypical scientist somewhere you've been discouraged. And so I was lucky enough. I had this incredible high school teacher, Mrs. Palsrock. I'm going to yell your name as much as I can because I love you. Thank you so much for what you did for my life. But like I when I was 15, she was so passionate and so excited about chemistry that I fell in love with the subject. And honestly, I've never looked back. And so even when I hit the sexual harassment and the nasty stuff that goes along with being a woman in STEM, Mrs. Palsrock gave me so much confidence that I just didn't care. Like I just let it roll. Off my back, and I just plowed ahead because I knew I could do this. She told me I could do this, and I was going to do this. But it happens. Like it's happened to me. It's just awful.
1: You're absolutely right. I've heard of. I've heard about this. You know, you 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 kind of label yourself as well of like what kind of student are you growing up? You know what I mean? Not just mm-hmm. are my good student or bad student, but what are the things that I'm particularly good at? And you have to realize that maybe you're you're interested in something when you're in first grade, and you might be interested in something completely different when you're in third grade. But you've already labeled yourself, so you're kind of like pigeonholing, and you're not keeping your your mind open. I think one thing um, that I found when I when when I did, um, I I loved science, but I definitely loved the experiments more Mm -hmm. than like the sitting down pen to paper. And I think that there's something that's a little discouraging sometimes about how it's being taught where it's like, all right, now I'm going to sit down and I'm going to stare at this textbook for like, you know, seven hours. And I'm just like, you know, rubbing my eyes, drinking more coffee, trying to keep it fresh. As we're watching our children go through that, and so much of it has to do with like, like I'm tired, Daphne. You're tired. Mm-hmm. Where well, this has been the, I'm not only having kids and, and and supporting our kids through school, but supporting our kids through pandemic school, right. like homeschool. It's like okay, well, how much more energy do we have? Like, let me let me take the assignment that was given to you, and then go and shake it up because mm-hmm. it's really boring. And and let me take time to do that. But but knowing that if I do that and that work. My kid could be inspired to have a career such as yours. Right.
2: Absolutely. And I think you've nailed it perfectly. It just who wants to sit down and do 100 math problems? Nobody. I love math and I don't want to do it. Like I have a calculator. I don't want to do it. So it's it's something that we all struggle with, even those of us who love the sciences and have dedicated our entire lives to it. So I always try to tell parents because you are not the first person to ask me this. um, I always tell them maybe you need to kind of have a reward piece and remind students that you are you're kind of like an athlete here. You have to go through the part where you're running six miles a day right now where you're training your body to get to the point where you can compete in the marathon so that you can actually have an edge. When you're sitting down and doing the math problems, that's what you're doing. It's like doing a hundred wall sits or squats or push-ups. It's awful, nobody likes it, but you have to do it in order right. to get to the race and, and be successful. That being said, like, what third grader is going to listen to that analogy and be like, okay, thanks, mom. Like, now let me go do my math problem. Like, nobody wants to do that. And so there has to be another reward. And so I always like to th- take advantage of when you do have time, when you do have energy, and like, moms, let me put it out there. I can't even believe that you're handling this. Like, it's just so difficult right now with pandemic school, just like you said. But when you do have the time and the energy, take advantage of it. One of my favorite things to do is a chemistry walk. And so you just grab my I my niece is my main thing. I'm not a mom, but I hang out with my niece as much as I can. And so you you grab her and you walk around and whatever you like, whatever you see, that's what you talk about. And so it's okay to say, oh, I actually have no idea what that flower is, but yeah, it is beautiful. Let's Google it. Let's take a picture. Let's use Google Image search and and figure it out. And so find what your kids like. Like if they like flowers and trees, that's the reward. We're going to go do it and find the mm-hmm. chemistry in it. If they like elephants and dinosaurs, you're going to go to the museum at the end of this if they do all their homework. So At the end of the day, though, it's still like training in the gym. You don't always love it, but you have to do it. You've got to do the seven-minute plank if you're going to be a rock star and have amazing abs. Like, you just got to do it. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: Like, as we go into um, more time together, and especially going into winter and probably, like, a lot of people being home quite a bit um, with with fewer activities to be able to do outside – Unless you live in Florida, can live in Florida, guys. I know. Um, Looking at your, I'm looking at a little slipper of
1: window that you have over there, and I kind of don't like you right now. (laughs) It's
0: Windy and rainy. I will get you here. here.
1: (laughs) Um, But I, but look,
0: I mean, even us, like, there's plenty of rainy days. There's plenty of time when my kids are all underfoot. Like, I, I put up a video on my Instagram a couple weeks ago because I literally made them pancakes in the middle of the day because I was just like, let's do something so you stop screaming (laughs) and being crazy. Um, And I think like when we talk about ways to get kids excited about chemistry specifically baking which everybody mm-hmm. loves is literally all chemistry it's like actives and 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 things to agents to make them react and all these sort of steps that you really have to follow religiously it's the reason mm-hmm. i pretty much only follow recipes when i am baking my question for you is is there a cooking experiment that you love or something that cuz like as, you know, I'm going to run out and get this highlighter and do it with him as soon as possible. But if if I don't have all like the little gizmos and gadgets I need mm-hmm. for a fun science experiment with little kids, cooking is a really accessible way to do that. Is there something that you like for parents to try and get their feet wet with first?
2: Oh, I love that! It's so funny. So I'm actually coming out with a cookbook for kids in May no, of next year. So cool. Yeah. So the first the first book I have is 25 Experiments for Kids, and it's all using stuff that you're going to find in your craft drawer, or your pantry. But the one issue with it is you can't eat it. Like everything is just like, don't eat it, don't put it in your mouth. And so I wanted to come up with a second one, and so this this is the, the follow up, and it's 25 experiments you can do in your kitchen, and they're all edible. And wow. so yes, I have a ton of ideas for you. So cool. Um, but ask your kids what their what their question is, like. What what are you curious about? Is it why we use baking powder instead of baking soda? Then do an experiment. Make two batches of chocolate chip cookies or whatever cookie that you guys love and then use baking soda for one, use baking powder for another. Or maybe your thing is pasta. You like Italian pasta. And so, okay, use really good double zero flour versus all purpose flour versus whole wheat flour. And you're gonna see totally different noodles. And then of course for fun, add food coloring. Your whole wheat is like hot pink and then you have blue, like make it fun for kids. You could even do something simple with tomato. Sauce, like use canned tomatoes versus fresh tomatoes, and then have a blind taste test with dad and grandma, whoever else is around, and say, can you tell which one I made with tomato, canned tomatoes versus fresh tomatoes? Mm. So I mean there's a lot of stuff you can do with just opening your pantry. That's actually what I what I did when I wrote the book. It was May, it was heavy here, COVID was heavy here in Texas. And I was like, I can't handle this anymore. I'm opening my pantry. I had eight different types of flour, so I did tons of different experiments with it. And I just kind of baked my butt off until I had 25 experiments that I enjoyed.
1: Can I request a book from you? Yes, please. So I want you to think about all like the grueling things starting from when kids are in like first grade, but like the grueling topics that nobody wants to do. And the big question is like, why do I have to learn this? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because they usually make you do the planks and everything, the basics before you get to do the really fun stuff Yeah, and like switch it around. And like then when when the kid asks the parent, why do I have to do this? We can be like, well. Interesting, you would ask. Here is the experiment that if you learn all to do this, huh. this is what you get to do. This is the reward. Because that's what I find, you know, uh, as as we're getting into it. Although I mean my, my kids are still pretty young, so they're very um, excited and they're doing fun things where like they sing songs and do coloring and stuff like that. But you know, as they get older, it 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 does get to be a thing of like, but but why do I have to do the hundred math problems? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. You tell me if I do the hundred math problems, then one day maybe you know, talking to kids who can't actually think that much in the future because they are not as scientists. know; they're not wired to be able to mm-hmm. do that. But then they you have to sit down and try to focus. And then we're like, well, one day you might get rewarded if you decide to do this. And they're like, yeah, I prefer not to.
2: I love that idea. You could kind of work through the grades like you'd learn this and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. elementary school. This is what you'll build on in middle school, high school and kind of just build on that. That's a beautiful thing. And just scaffolding. I mean, that's how pedagogy is built for all for all uh, curriculum and in college and I'm sure high school and everything too. So I love that idea. Hmm. Okay. I call it. If anybody's
1: listening, this is my idea, mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was watching a, an interview that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson did with his mom the other day. I don't mm. know if you guys have Fun. seen. He no, he no inter- I missed it. And it was very interesting. And I want you to, to answer this question for us mm-hmm. is she was asking her what she thought made him the scientist that he is what did she do in her parenting that made him the scientist that he is and I'd love you like pretend I'm your parent right now and you're and you're telling me like these were some really like Mm -hmm. what would they think that they did that allowed you to be so creative you know aside from your teacher who sounds to be very formative Mm -hmm. but but your parents like when you were really little were you encouraged to be curious were you just a curious rebel (laughs) (laughs) a a, a little bit of both. Um, They would count
2: the number of questions I would ask. We would go visit this one friend a lot of times. So they would count the number of questions I'd ask in that certain distance. So I'd always ask questions. I always annoyed them, but they encouraged it. They never shut me down. So I have always said thank you for not kicking me out of the car because I think it just drove them crazy. But I know for one thing, when you said this, this popped right into my mind. When we were younger, my mom cleared this one bathroom out. So it was like a kid safe bathroom. And we had this huge green bowl and she let us put anything in that bathroom in there. So it was like bubble bath and soaps and shampoos and conditioner and bath bombs and stuff like that that kids like, right? Just like bubbles. Um, And we were able to play scientists and just explore. And I know one time we got into trouble because we got into the Vicks vapor rub and put it all over our bodies. Um, Because I mean, (laughs) we were exploring, right? Like, you know, this is so cool what's happening here um and so I think a big part of it was stuff like that she allowed she made it safe she got rid of all like the toilet bowl cleaner or whatever else that would be there that would make it dangerous but she just kind of made it free and took away the food coloring I will say she did take that away we got in trouble big time one time for that but
1: (laughs) you know one of our big our big takeaways with uh, with um Neil's interview that we did was he, he was allowed to be Um, experimental Mm -hmm. he was allowed to be free he was allowed to make a mess and having these designed places in our homes where it's like the kids are allowed to go and be kids and be free and experiment and find out what happens when they make a mess when things break um and and then what to do in that situation that that really is it's not really mess making they're Mm -hmm. just doing science right
2: Right, they're exploring. You have a question. Like if a kid is dumping two things together, it's because they genuinely want to know what happens when they mix the two things together. Maybe they're a bit devious. Maybe there's, you know, an ulterior motive, but they're also curious. They're in, they're interested. So if there is a way for you to set up a safe space for them, I totally agree with you. I think that's wonderful. Um, but everybody doesn't have the means for that. So you have to figure out, you know, what what you can do, what the, what the best way for that is. And if that just means that you can go outside and you have a dedicated day and time when you do that and you go and make big messes, then cool. But encourage playtime. I think that's huge. Yeah. Of your
0: um, classes or your time on TV, what do you think is the experiment or the lesson that gets the most like like, like the wow factor <laughs> that, that um, something sparks or dawns on people.
2: It's either when I breathe fire or set my hand on fire. Because I think people don't expect that.
1: From me. <laughs> wait, <laughs> tell, wait, wait, wait. Tell, tell both. Tell both. Explain both. Well,
2: breathing fire is actually really, really easy. It's very simple. Very easy. You just pin your hair back. Because I have set my hair on fire before doing it. But you put cornstarch in your mouth. And then you take a deep breath and you blow it over a tiny little like blowtorch, like a little propane torch that you might have in your garage. Um, and you just breathe it over there and just shoot the cornstarch out and you breathe fire. Like if you go to my website, katethechemist.com, you, the first shot you see is me breathing fire. Um, And it's it's really easy. I don't recommend for anybody to do it at home because I'm sure my lawyer is like screaming right now. Don't do this at home. Don't do this at home. (laughs) Um, But if you want to practice it, start with flour, Um, old flour first, then go to fresh flour, then go to cornstarch. And you always want to have water immediately afterwards to rinse your mouth out. Um, I'm a Diet Coke girl. And I did that one of the times. And because of the carbonation, it shot the cornstarch out of my mouth. It was like (laughs) I had rabies. And I was doing this at at a stage. Like I was on stage doing this. It shot out. And I had to like stop for a second. It was for elementary kids so they won't even remember or they probably would remember that but so that's that's probably one of them um and i can teach anything with that you can teach stoichiometry thermodynamics you can teach combustion reactions you can teach heat work like there's just a number of different topics it just depends on like usually i pull that trick out for this is a boring topic i know you are bored today so i'm gonna breathe fire in the middle of this to kind of catch your attention and let's let's kind of bring the energy back up so stuff like that. It's just fun.
0: I obviously went right to your website to see that. And it's a really cool picture. You guys should definitely hit katethechemist.com. <laughs> but it reminded me of something else. I wanted another experiment that I had seen on TikTok where like, or I don't know, somewhere I'd seen it. And it was uh, a guy who like made exploding foam, like, like oh, 30 Allison foot toothpaste. high yeah. exploding ho- foam See, even TikTok knows that I care only about kids' science experiments. (laughs) Um, But, and then it was like, it was, I looked like toothpaste, but like, Exploding, I can't yeah. even describe, 30 feet in the air, high exploding toothpaste. And you have the what looks like a giant flubber on this site too. So what is that thing? <laughs>
2: it's called it's called elephant's toothpaste is yes. what it's called. Um, and so it's supposed to be so big and so foamy that an elephant can brush his teeth with it. Obviously, you never would because you use hydrogen peroxide and potassium iodide, um, like like you all have in your kitchen. Um, So (laughs) so the hydrogen peroxide is really concentrated. I actually have to order it from a special med supply company um, to get it high enough. So you need about 35%. Usually at home, you have three or 6% hydrogen peroxide. So I use 35%. And then the second piece is you need a wide container at the bottom and then it needs to be thin at the top. So if you notice that when people do it, there's always some kind of funnel because you want to have the reaction happen, let it mix for just a second. Then it builds up the pressure as the hydrogen peroxide decomposes and it releases oxygen gas. But the main ingredient that you need is tons and tons of dish soap. And you need lots of dish soap and not any of that natural, clean dish soap. You want the dirty dish soap with lots of surfactant in there because you want bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. And so I used on dish soap. Um, And then that's the best one because it just like bubbles like crazy. And so the oxygen shoots out the top and then it's trapped in the bubbles. And so what they did that big, I know exactly the video you're talking about. It shot everywhere, went everywhere. It went all the way up on their house. And then for me, I... I'm so anxious because that is so like combustible. And so when it was happening, I was like, oh my God, like, oh my God. And then nothing ended up being, it ended up being completely fine, because it's just oxygen. But if if something were to happen, you could technically have a fire if there's anything combustible nearby and there happened to be a spark. So like it ended up being totally 100 percent fine, and you did it in the most safe way possible. But the whole time I was just like
1: Okay, well, what about Mentos? I've been hearing my daughter really, really, really wants to do stuff with Mentos, and she's like begging me to buy her Mentos to do science experiments mm-hmm. with, but I'm afraid because I'm like afraid of the explosions that were completely safe. Well, it depends. So Mentos and Diet Coke is the classic one. So fun.
2: Um, The best thing to do for that is build a little like tunnel. So use toothpicks at the bottom, make a little X and then a little tunnel with paper, just tape it up and then drop all your Mentos on top of there. So you have them stacked. And then you basically just pull the toothpick out from the bottom and all the Mentos will drop directly in the Diet Coke and then it shoots straight up. So if you have an open place what's going to happen the mentos drops in and it's a nucleation site and so it attracts all the carbon dioxide in the soda um and then that because it attracts so quickly the pressure builds up the molecules slam into each other instead of just staying here they kind of just slam and then go up and that's why they shoot out the top so are they dangerous not really but not really but if they put mentos in diet coke and then try to steal it what's going to happen is they're going to as it explodes out it's going to go all over them as they're trying to steal it so they'll learn from that experiment like don't, if you're gonna do with that. It. does it have to be diet coke or
1: can it be regular coke
2: you can use regular coke the reason people use diet coke is because of the sugar there's no sugar in it and so it's less of a mess to clean up it's a sticky factor but oh. the tech, the science is the same i feel like i would do this outside anyway
1: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. highly recommend it outside as much <laughs> as i love the idea of having that messy place i feel like this one might <laughs> be just like a little bit too and is it mento's gum no, the candy, not the gum, the, candy the actual mentos. candy, because okay. it, it's a porous outside. So if you do
2: it with your kids and you want to have the teachable moment, look at it. Like get really close, and you're going to see these little holes, and those mm. little holes are perfect nucleation sites. Then the carbon dioxide is just like, oh my god, I need, I need to sit there. It's like that's what right. it's trying to do is sit there
1: can you break down STEM for us? What exactly? Yes. So I was as I was looking at schools, the, the word STEM gets thrown out a lot. Everywhere. And I, I think I understand it. But I feel like I want to pretend that I understand it more than <laughs> I actually do.
2: Sure. STEM is just an acronym we use to group a certain breed of nerds together. And so STEM is science, technology, engineering and mathematics. So basically, if anything, chemistry, biophysics, science, tech is a lot of times your people, I kind of group tech with engineering, to be honest, like I put that all together. Building people. Um, mm-hmm. Engineering is often with a bunch of different tools and they have different categories. So, you know, electrical, mechanical, oil, petroleum, whatever. Um, and then math, mathematics. Like you need all of that. You need to build something, you need the science basic, and then you need the math to hold it concrete. And so all three of them build off on top of each other. The new fad or the new thing is steam. So you throw an A in there and that's for art. art. And yeah, exactly. And it's just to recommend you and to remind you that even as scientists, we have to be creative. Like all of my science experiments, when I'm trying to figure out how to make a pumpkin vomit, I had to be creative. I had to figure (laughs) out what to do, how to make that work. And so it's just a reminder that even though we're like rigid in our ways and a lot of times we see things in black and white, we are still creative and we have to use our creative side. And it's just a way to kind of bring everyone together, be more inclusive, because that's kind of what we need right now. How
0: do you get inspiration for All these fun experiments and things to try and and ways to get your students and your viewers excited about STEAM.
2: Uh, It has to do with whatever holiday I'm promoting book I'm promoting, whatever it is, like give me a topic and then I can go for it. And so something that I'm really enjoying is I'm partnering with this group, ComEd, right now. And every single month I'm sending out an experiment to a bunch of high schoolers um, in, in underrepresented areas. And so it's a really fun thing. And they basically said solar panels, like now go. And so I came up with five different experiments based on solar panels. And it's just been so fun to come up with different ideas. And so honestly, it's just like, give me something to start with. And now what do you want me to teach? You want me to teach how solar panels work? Awesome so this month we're doing solar derby. so we're building cars that work using solar panels and so we ship out all the materials to them and then we build it together on a saturday and i just i love it it's so much fun oh that's so cool i
0: do think i mean you said you know you joked before that you're you know you like your designer heels and blow shit up but it's but it's maybe you didn't say that maybe i made that up you said designer heels and blow things up no i'm fine <laughs> with that <laughs> um we 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 actually just spoke with a scientist who was saying you know it can be hard for scientists to speak to lay people in a way that's like in the language of lay people as opposed to scientist to scientist which is a totally different communication system and and sometimes i think maybe that's because there aren't that many women in in certainly in advanced sciences and i wonder um you know just cuz women are you know notoriously excellent communicators <laughs> but i but i do think you know i do think that there are some barriers to entry certainly i mean i i toyed with going into medicine for a long time and i um there were real considerations i had to make in terms of like the family life i wanted to have in my mind at that time and what i thought was compatible or not compatible with that uh, agenda and um and certainly just like the length of time that it takes and the And the, um, you know, the hours you have to put in and all the, and just, you know, there, there are barriers to entry everywhere, but, uh, but sciences seems to be a place where you are probably, you know, among only a few other women, if, you know, if any other women at all, when you're at, you know, advanced uh, conferences and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how you think maybe that the tides are shifting there, if they are, uh, you know, how we're getting more women into, I think, the addition of A obviously helps with with STEAM, but I think technology mm-hmm. definitely helps um, make it a little bit more, uh, like, the hard science is a little more flexible, maybe as a way to talk about it. Um, but I'd love to hear if you see any any changes happening with um, women being a part of the field in in larger numbers.
2: So the the bad news is no, um, we anecdotally often feel like it, we are seeing an upswing, and we're seeing more women in science. Um, but based on the data and these surveys that just came out in the past year it appears that we're actually seeing a downward swing and sometimes Mm. women are stepping down for a number of different reasons right it could be mom it could just be they don't want to be in a lab with corrosive chemicals all day every day right and they don't think that's safe for their body to be breathing that in Um, And and a lot of it, like you said, are communicators. Women are communicators often. Um, And when you're in a lab for 12 hours a day for six days a week in grad school and you're just stuck talking to introverts, sometimes that's miserable and they have no peace of mind and like quality of life. And so they quit. Um, and so that happens over and over again. And it's frustrating for me because I want to grab every single woman that goes into grad school and be like, you're finishing with me. Let's go. Here we go. We're doing this together. <laughs> like, don't let you, don't let me fail. I'm not going to let you fail. Um, I had like a tiny little pack of girls when I went to grad school. Every Thursday, we had girls lunch. We met every single week for five wow. years and we had lunch and it was just so empowering. And I think back on that now, how lucky I was and fortunate I was to have girlfriends from different labs. And we were able to just say friends and meet every week but not everybody has that and so when we're seeing like when we look at the numbers and we dive down into it it often has to do with your support system do you have people who support you and usually the women who are supported succeed the women who don't have a solid support system do not and that's typically honestly that's you know it's a little bit hand wavy there but that's that's what we see and so what I want to do with my teeny tiny platform that I've been given is find a way to make it easier on the next generation of girls so how can I remove just one barrier and if that means that I'm just setting up an organization at the University of Texas where I try to get up my girls together, then that's what I do. So we have this group called BWIC. Um, it's called Bold Women of Chemistry Um, outside, but we're badass women of chemistry. That's what we say inside. (laughs) Um, And it's just—it's a support system. And so we partner undergrads with graduate students with faculty members. And so we just get women together. They have a pipeline. They have somebody to ask, somebody to ask for help. Like, is this normal that my professor just said this to me? And it's like, no, that's not normal. Who said that to you? Give me their name and their number right now. Mama Bear is going in. And so it's stuff like that that maybe other girls didn't have. And so we're just trying to make it
1: easier, honestly. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it is, it is something that I feel is getting spoken about. Not I feel we know, I mean, the whole, the whole me too movement that mm-hmm. is, is, is really, you know, we're all getting together and we're, we're trying to support ourselves and, and know what is not acceptable, right. you know, we know right from that. Like it's, it's just not okay that you're, that you're talking to me that way or making me feel uncomfortable. And And even if it's something that's not, So overt, just the feeling of being uncomfortable. You're, you then you think, oh, I don't even want to be there. And I don't know why I don't want to be there, but it is, it is part of the bigger picture. The bigger Mm -hmm. picture. Thank you. (laughs) Um, We ask people on our podcast, what is your favorite thing? It's
2: two. I'm giving you two. Okay. It's calcium chloride and sodium alginate. And that would be on the, um, on like Amazon or something. You can get them. They're food grade materials. And when you mix them up properly, you can make gummy worms at home. So that's what
1: I would say today.
2: Whoa.
1: Oh, I didn't know you were going to go there, but that is such a favorite thing. Is right? that count? Like a big okay. hit hit. It it. That's so cool. Thank
2: you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Anytime when uh, modern women talk about science, it just feels very empowering. So you just made my week. So thank you very much. I appreciate it, y'all. Have a good Thank one. you so much. <laughs> Stay safe.
0: Yay! That is just like so up my alley. So much fun. I could have just prodded her for cool ideas nonstop. And I love it is so contagious to have a Professor, a teacher, an advisor, a mentor, whomever in your life who's as passionate about their field as Kate clearly is, I mean listening to her talk about like oxygen getting trapped and like degrading hydrogen peroxide and I'm like, so animals. excited about it <laughs> so it's so cool though, because that is i don't know that's like at the essence of really amazing contributions to our body of knowledge and of getting to do something with your life that. You love, like you know, she mm-hmm. gets up every day and it's not work; it's it's fun for it's her. It's passion.
1: It's it's her. It's her passion, and we want our children to be taught exactly. by people who are passionate. But I used to say that in college, whenever I had my um, my I, I mean, I took lots and lots of courses, so I had a ton of electives by the end, and I just like went and I took the most random courses, and I just wanted to know was the professor passionate about what she or he was teaching, and you can tell that Kate has a lot of passion for what she does and I'm really excited for my kids to um, to be able to try her stuff out definitely and now it's time for our favorite things now it's time for our favorite things
0: my favorite thing this week, you guys was something recommended to me by a mom friend. Um, It is not that novel. It's just like kind of an upgrade on what I used to have. My kids love water bottles. I feel like it's, you know, it's something that they are really particular about and they want their own and they want their special color and they want, like all these different things. And somehow Even though they insist on having their own and their own color and their own this, that, the other, they're always fighting with each other, wanting the one the other one has. And it's it is it is like laws of entropy. I cannot explain. There's always one piece of one bottle that's missing and then they have to use somebody else's bottle. And they're mad about that. But uh, you know what I'm talking about. If you have kids under 10, you know what's happening here.
1: (laughs) They are very Territorial. Mine, they all drink out of their same ones because they tried. And I was like, we share everything, which is actually kind of gross. But, you know, because the backwash. No,
0: but please. Oh, my gosh. If you think your siblings aren't like touching everything, and using everything that you have, licking yeah. each other, yeah. you know,
2: it's, it's yeah.
0: water bottles are the least of my worries. But exactly to your point, I had had it up to here with listening to the fighting about shared water bottles, et cetera. So I went on Yeti. Yeti coolers, you know, the people who make like really awesome, everything stays like frozen for three days in these packed cooler things, people. And I bought the kids personalized Yeti kids thermoses. All the same color, but they do have their names on them. So they can learn to spell. So they can learn. But I did two things. I put their full name and then I also put their nickname in parentheses or in, um, in, in quotations. So that at school, too, they can, you know, have their nickname on there as well. They can learn to spell both. Exactly right. But they're all the same color. They only have the exact same like lids and everything that matches. And I am... I'm going to put all the rest of ours in a box and keep them in storage. But these are the only four I'm going to keep in my space because something else I found is that the more, the more pieces we have, the more cluttered it gets, the more chaotic it feels, mm-hmm. the more difficult it is to keep track of everything. I only have these four bottles now widely available and that's what my kids are going to be using. And they work like a dream. They keep everything cold or hot. They, you know, or warm, whatever my kids, obviously don't drink hot, hot liquid, but warm, um, at whatever temperature you put it in, it stays that way. And they're real, I. Got this really pretty aqua blue color, but they have other colors as well. And it's the Yeti Rambler Junior 12 ounce kids bottle, and it keeps ice cold water ice cold, um, or lukewarm water lukewarm. But uh, but yeah, it's leak resistant, closed both the bottle and cap are dishwasher safe. That is the greatest. Thank you so much. Anyway, I'm super excited to report back on how my experiment goes if they stop freaking fighting now about who gets what water bottle when.
1: I love that, and they stay hydrated unclean beautiful water water. it's water (laughs) water. okay mine is this is this thing this disco ball that sits on the floor and they um are going to get it for christmas i love it um but and it has like a little remote and you can i think you can play your your bluetooth through it you can like bluetooth through it we also have like a karaoke machine as well it gets like wild in our house but it's like, you know, some they go, they start from like $14, they go to like $20. You know what I mean? And it's just lights and strobes and the kids get like really excited. And we literally do it almost every single night. We have our dance party and the kids go crazy. And it's for the boys who will read a book afterwards, but like Carmen and I like sit and like, we like read chapter books. Um, but for the boys, it's like their like nightly routine that those like get all like the crazies out. And then, um, and, and we do it through dancing and it's, it's super cute. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, would follow us everywhere. As you guys know, you guys know the spiel, um, email us all your questions, mombrainpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and, um, and we look forward to hearing, uh, for for you actually for you to hear us. Okay. Let's, let's, let's cut it. We look forward to connecting with you guys next week. Bye guys. Bye.
0: This is mom brain with Alaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Mom brain is a gallery media group, original production.